0: This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Dave
1: McCann. BYU Sports Nation is indeed live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Wednesday, December 22nd. time is officially here. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with warm weather savant Dave McCann.
2: Happy holidays. I think after today, it's supposed to snow for six straight days here in Utah. <laughs> you're supposed to bring good news, Dave. That's what that is. Well, you kind of, you, you set me off with the I winter know. thing right off the, you got your shopping done?
1: Yes, thankfully it's, yeah. it's been done. And most of it was done online. Uh, most of it more than a month ago because we weren't sure we were going to get everything unless we did
2: that. That's a smart man. So now, see, the shopping's done. Now we can just focus on this today and tomorrow, and then we're we're off to the holidays.
1: Sure, yeah. This is the fun part right here, live BYU sports, basketball tonight. We'll have more on that in just a moment. They're enjoying some warm weather.
2: Yeah. Aloha.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Here's your show lineup. The speculation on Tyler Algier's pending decision to return for another year of BYU football – or take the NFL route continues, why would he return? We examine those potentials. And the show lineup features a visit, at least over Zoom, to the Hawaiian Islands with BYU basketball point guard T. John Lucas plus our double-down picks for the Cougars' holiday tournament tip-off against South Florida. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
2: Let's do it. Let's start with South Florida, the opening round opponent in the Diamond Head Classic. That's later today, in case you're wondering what you're going to do tonight. Cougars' first of three games in the next four days, including a Christmas Day finale, if they can get to the championship game. Tonight's game starts at 9.30 Eastern. That's 7.30 here in the West. You can watch it on ESPNU. You can listen to it on BYU Radio or on the BYU radio app.
1: Dave how about 19th ranked BYU women's basketball they beat up on Montana State on the road 89-67 Lauren Gustin with her fifth double-double of the season 15 points 18 rebounds Shaylee Gonzalez scored 21 points Tegan Graham added 10 points as well the ladies finished
2: 10 and 1 in non-conference play
1: again as a top 20 team.
2: Come watch this team they are very good Dax Milne, the former Cougar receiver, had one reception for the Washington football team last night. They got beat by the Eagles 27-17. Redskins, or er, Washington Football Club, excuse me, had a lot of guys out. Uh, Milne was one catch minus two, so sorry if you had him on your fantasy group. Uh, up next, the Cowboys Sunday night. So Dax Sunday night, Taysom Monday night, uh, as the holiday football continues.
1: Yeah, I love to watch the BYU guys in the NFL. Yeah. Dax will have better days. BYU women's volleyball ends the season at number nine in the final AVCA Top 25 poll. 30 wins, two losses. Mm -hmm. Both of those losses happened in the same gym in Pittsburgh. Men's volleyball, by the way, if you're wondering about their preseason ranking, number six. So they've got some room to move up and some things to prove. Next month for the man, right? Indeed. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: The case for Tyler Algier to stay at BYU for one more season. I know the agents and a ton of prospects are telling Tyler Algier, as they should, hey, examine what's out there for the NFL. We've seen everything in the projections, Dave, from – As high as a second-round pick, which seems like a reach, all the way down to late-round pick in the fifth or the sixth. But, as we mentioned, he's got some options to weigh. Name, image, and likeness has opened up a whole new window of opportunity for a guy like Tyler Algier to stay, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. So
2: why would Tyler Algier stay? I think Tyler's watching this show this morning, and so let me – Tyler, let me talk to you for a minute. Or, Or actually, let's talk to everybody for a moment. I think Tyler stays because he loves it. And one thing I learned at the 2014 Olympics over in Russia, we're covering the bobsled. Bobsled gets on the track, goes as fast as it can. All the guys are looking at is the nose of the, of the sled. And they zip past everything. And they get to the bottom and they see what time they had. And if the time was good enough, they're happy. And if it wasn't, they're sad. But they missed everything along the way. A lot of times we get this life is like a like a bobsled race. The fastest guy down the hill wins. But a lot of times it's the journey down the hill that makes life exciting, that makes that brings joy. And for Tyler Algier, with everything he said so far, his experience at BYU has brought him great joy. Uh, there's name, image, and likeness opportunities there. There's insurance policies. There's things you can do to um, lessen the risk of staying. But uh, it's okay to stay if you love it. He's still a young kid. And I know the shelf life for an NFL running back is limited. But if you're good, it's not. If it's good, you get got to keep playing. Uh, I, 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 I think if you're a first, second rounder, it's a no-brainer. Third rounder, okay, it's a little tricky. Uh, anything above that, come back and, and be a first or second rounder uh, next year where the money is game-changing at that point. Uh, it's not just a signing bonus and you go to, Practice, and if you get hurt or get cut, that's it for you, and you can't come back to college. Uh, look at Zach, and Zach was the number two overall pick. But even Brady Christensen, who was an early third, wasn't he early in third round? And and you signed for millions of dollars. That's a good business decision. Um, I hope he comes back because he loves it. And if he's done loving it, go to the NFL, go get a job, leave BYU, do what we all do: graduate, move on, get jobs. But if you have an opportunity to do something you love, for such a short amount of time in your life, uh, it's not all about getting down the track as fast as you can. Part of the joy is enjoying the ride, sure. and I think he can do both. Um, and we'll see. I think BYU will be okay with or without him, but they'll be—they have a potential to be really, really good. Uh, and and his career has the potential to get a significant boost up if he comes back for another year.
1: Sure, his legacy would absolutely be established in the forever annals of. Uh, a storied BYU football program. Uh, a couple of things you brought up. Uh, I, I want to touch lightly on the fact that Tyler is a unique individual. He is a, a rare breed of humility and hard work and great success. And that's tough to find. Um, he wants to improve his stock. And there's an argument out there that, well, I don't know that Tyler Alger can improve his stock that much if he comes back next year. Maybe he has peaked. Maybe he's reached the top. But you never know. I mean, BYU's got a difficult enough schedule next year that he will have opportunities to shine. And we pointed out the offensive line next year with the addition of Kingsley Suamataia, the five-star, along with all the experienced, solid guys that BYU bring back. That's enticing for Tyler to know that, hey, you've you've got a veteran group that you're going to run behind, the same quarterback handing the ball off to you. And a schedule that will put you in front of a lot of important eyes. But is it about improving stock or is it just more about what you brought up, and that is enjoying the ride? And that's not to say that, you know, he hasn't enjoyed it thus far because he certainly has. Um, But is, is one more year, is that degree? And I know classes and his professors, he enjoys those. I mentioned he's a rare breed.
2: He likes being around he, us. He
1: likes his classes. <laughs> he likes he BYU likes, TV. He likes us, um, but he's got his family to take care of. So you is
2: know, one of the mistakes people make is, um, and I agree with all that, is that there's the, there's this boatload of money just waiting for everybody that declares and goes into the draft, and uh, again the the money is good in the in the first, second, third rounds. Um, and then, and then you get down into the gray areas and, um, uh, I saw someone say, well, if he's a fifth round, he should just go and, and make his millions. There aren't millions in the fifth round. You get, you get a signing bonus, you make the team and then maybe your next contract, you get to start making millions.
1: Sure. More than likely, if you're fourth or fifth rounder, you're going to make the league minimum for the first four years. And that's if you can stay around.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's good money if you can get in it, but, but even there's no guarantee and uh, a good running back, best running back in the country. It, it would seem like no matter what year that is, there's a market for that guy. There's going to be about 15 running backs that are, are leaving school to go in and crowd the, the field. I don't know I don't know who the best one is. I don't know if Michigan State's running back is better than Iowa State's running back or, or USC's or whoever's. Um, they, they aren't giving out year. He wasn't even a Doak Walker finalist, which he should have been. Um, Luke Staley won the Doak Walker. Tyler Algier just broke Luke Staley's single-season yeah. rushing record and didn't even get a sniff. So I don't know what that means for his draft stock unless there's one team that says, I'm taking you in the third round. There's your agent. He's promising you this amount of money. And if that's the case, you know, BYU fans will love you forever. Yeah. But if you can come back and better yourself uh, in a position to make millions, um, you know, do it. Plus, you love it. It's not, like, it's not like people are asking you to, you know, eat salt and pepper for a year (laughs) when you're allergic to it. You actually love it. It's a briar patch. Come on
1: in. You bring up Kenneth Walker III, the Michigan State running back, and Brees Hall at Iowa State. It is a loaded class for running backs, and that is to the detriment of a guy like Tyler Algier because you and I agree, or heavy bias, because we've watched him closely, that Tyler Algier is one of the top five running backs in the country. Not everybody agrees with that, and the lists certainly show that they did not agree with that. If Tyler Algier comes back, almost certainly he would be a preseason All-American candidate. He would be on the Doak Walker Award watch list and probably be a finalist for the Doak Walker Award next year just because there are a number of notable guys that are leaving. Bijan John Robinson from Texas also leaving. These these top-level guys that he was competing against in these award races, they're all leaving. So it's now and Tyler Algier's show.
2: And he's got September games against Baylor and Oregon showcase. Not
1: to mention an early October game in Las Vegas against Notre Dame. Right.
2: And a finish with Stanford, I'll be on national TV. There's an op- and there's and there aren't they're not 7p5s on the schedule next year. There's opportunities to get yards. There's also an opportunity for McChesney to come in and take a big chunk of your load so that you don't have to limp through the season. Um you can stay fresh and, and and come November and into December, you're a guy that an NFL team wishes they had on their team.
1: You can run the ball 22 times a game instead of 32 times a game.
2: Right. And uh, and I, I just think that the, 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 that's set up for him. Uh, the, the offensive line makeup this year was like a snow globe turned upside down. It was different every week. Next year, you solidify the offensive line. you got more depth. You have more experience. You get a run behind those guys. Um Man, it, it's it's not an insurance policy uh per se, but it's a it's a success policy. Look at that offensive line. Yes. He's
1: already an all-timer. Yeah. He needs only a thousand yards. And we say only a thousand, look, like, oh, a thousand's a ton. Well, not for Tyler Algier based on his last two seasons. He needs one thousand five, or one thousand four rather to pass Jamal Williams. Six touchdowns to pass Luke Staley all-time. Um yards attempt, he already owns that mark. He, he's averaging six yards a carry right now. Why would that get worse? He's a five-star running back right now and an, a legit NFL guy. He comes back, Dave. You mentioned what kind of a difference he would make. We discussed it yesterday and quantified it in wins and losses. I think Tyler Algier makes BYU's record two games better in the win column. Let's say if they're going to go, I don't know, nine and four, or eight and five next year without him, if Tyler Algier's back, it's 11 and two or 10 and three. Yeah. I think he's that big of a contributor and that much of a difference for this BYU football team.
2: He's the kind of piece that if everyone can stay healthy, which is the next chore on the staff, is to get in November – healthy and and moving and get to a bowl game and finish it with a hammer not just have algier do all the work have the team do all the work and now you're in the top 10 you got the best running back in the country or at least one of them you're healthy you're playing with an attitude and then you go into the nfl draft as a guy that uh, that most teams go. I can find a spot for him he's good He's a team player. He did that fumble punch against Arizona State, which I'd never seen before. (laughs) He's got his education. His goal is to take care of his family. Um, Man, who wouldn't want that on their team?
1: Risk management is always a tricky thing. But, again, with name, image, and likeness out there and potential deals there and an insurance policy, which is sanctioned by the NCAA, Maybe there's enough there to make he and his family feel okay. Like, hey, I can take care of my family to a degree for this final year while I get my actual degree and close out my schooling at BYU and then make the jump to the NFL because you would hate to see something bad happen and his football future potentially get derailed uh, by an injury. But Tyler Algier, based on what we've seen, is not the type of guy that uh, seems to be easily – hurt or injured or banged up. Like he, it seems like he's the guy that can handle that. And it's not going to get easier in the NFL. <laughs> so, so maybe he's doing his body a favor by coming back to the college game for one more year yeah. and not going to the NFL. He's
2: one of three starters that started all 13 games. That's it. And we watched him walk around with a limp over at the Student Athletic Building, but come game day. And I asked him one time, I said, hey, when do you actually feel better after a game on Saturday? He goes, usually Friday, <laughs> the day before he's taking unbelievable. The field again. He's unbelievable. And he just does it and does it. And, and what a great bowl game for him. It was a lousy game for, for the team, but, uh, but for him breaking Staley's record in that bowl game under those conditions, not only under the conditions of the weather and all that stuff, but under, under the conditions of the team being held together by Band-Aids. Uh, and yet he continued to deliver and deliver. And, man, if I, if I have a football team, I want guys like that. I don't know if I need him right now, but I might take him next year.
1: Sure. I think, and this is, again, back to the improving the stock scenario, people say, hey, it's not going to get better than this for Tyler Algier. Who, I, yeah, who, who knows? I tend to disagree with that a little bit. I feel like Tyler Algier, just based on the sheer number of high-level running backs that are in this year's draft class, he could come back and be a day-two guy. Right now, it feels like he's probably a fourth or fifth-round pick. Yeah. I think he could be a third-round pick if he comes back to BYU next year. He I, could be a day-two guy. When
2: I think of my athletic career, I'm, I'm pretty sure I peaked during the second year of our teacher's quorum <laughs> basketball league in the Sharon Stake over there in Orem. And you averaged 7.8 points per game. I, I understood that. Uh, but I, I have a hard time with someone looking at, at number 25 going, yeah, I don't think he can get any better. Um, I think he's just getting started. He He was playing linebacker three seasons ago. Wild. Yeah.
1: A walk-on linebacker. We're now talking about as the next great running back that's, we think, a sure thing draft pick out of BYU.
2: And if he doesn't come back, BYU's going to be fine. BYU's going to be fine. But, you know, this is a superstar. If he comes back, they'll be better. For sure.
1: For sure. Yeah, uh, it's and the thing is, we won't. If he goes, we will cheer for him just as hard in the NFL as we would if he were wearing a BYU uniform again. Don't don't let this conversation sway you from the idea that we won't be happy if Tyler decides that that's what's best for him and his family. Our question of the day: If you were Tyler Algier, why would you stay at BYU? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. At Roberts underscore MN says,
1: a chance for both individual glory, All-American, Doak Walker, Heisman candidate, and team glory, building on back-to-back 10-win seasons. Maybe even get his jersey number up in the rafters. If he became the all-time leading rusher and had the single-season rushing record and was the all-time touchdown scorer, uh, just
2: maybe there's a case for that. You're saying he doesn't have to be? Well, Staley's up there. Exactly. The guy just broke Staley's record. It went, it, and if Clear he, spot. What if he broke all of Luke Staley's records? Yeah, what's he need, five touchdowns to do that? Yeah, yeah. He could he – could, we could see that Algier name up on the stadium. For sure. Absolutely.
1: At Braden Taylor 9 on Instagram says, Right now they have Tyler Algier as a late third or early fourth. BYU returns a lot of players and have a good schedule. If Tyler continues to dominate, I think his draft stock goes up. He would also solidify his spot on BYU's Mount Rushmore. If he believes next year's team can make a solid push, then stay. If he doesn't, then think they can win those games, then leave now. I don't even think it's come to that. About If Tyler comes back, he believes they're going to win games.
2: Right. And they will win games. They're going to win games anyway.
1: That's, and he told me that after the game. BYU's going to be great. Whether I stay or go, they're going to be great.
2: Yeah. But? Uh, the Mount Rushmore. Who would you have up there? You have Jamal? Luke? Of running backs, Tyler, yeah. Tyler, yeah.
1: Who's ooh? That, that's a great, that's a great conversation. I think we need to revisit this later in the show.
2: You know what else we need to take a look at? Malik Moore. He put up a, a tweet announcing his intention to either return for next season <laughs> or go to a trampoline park. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's coming up. <laughs> Reup plus T. John Lucas.
1: Uh, Lucas was so gracious to take some of his beach time in Hawaii and join us for an interview to preview. BYU's basketball game. Stay with us on BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Hey, listen, tonight as BYU takes on South Florida, the Diamond Head Classic over in Hawaii. Coverage with the Cougar pregame lives at 8.30 Eastern time, 6.30 Mountain. Greg Rubel on the call at 9.30 Eastern on BYU Radio and the app.
1: We are live in Studio B alongside Dave McCann. I'm Spencer Linton. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Speaking of Hawaii and the Cougars over there enjoying some paradise over the holidays, T. John Lucas, no kidding, while he was at the beach staring at the ocean yesterday, was kind enough to speak with myself and Jerem Jordan to preview BYU at the Diamond Head Classic. Here is that interview with T. John Lucas. T. John, I just want to point out that while you're in Hawaii, we are currently in Utah in 15-degree weather, and I don't often feel jealousy, but this is one of those moments for me. I, I am jealous that you are in Hawaii, and I am not there with you. How's the weather, and how are the islands
3: treating you? Oh, it's great. You know, I tried to just get you as much jealous as possible. So, you know, I have to put on my nice hat. They gave us a nice necklace when we got here. and The weather's been nice. Uh, it's a little rainy. But for the most part, it's been actually pretty nice, pretty sunny, like 80 degrees. You know, I can't complain for 80 degrees in December.
4: It's pretty rainy. You know what? <laughs> Cry me a river, Tijon. <laughs> um, where, where, <laughs> where are you guys staying?
3: Um, at a resort. I forgot the, uh, uh, the Outrigger Resort.
4: Nice. Famous for its volleyball. Uh, they've had some amazing players come through there. Okay, this trip is certainly one you guys have been looking forward to. And, hey, the last couple of games, uh, n- notably Weber State, of course, you guys have been shooting the three ball better. What has gotten into this team to finally kind of shoot like you thought you could?
3: Um, I think it's just sticking with the process. Um, you know, throughout the year, you're going to go through shooting slumps, but, you know, our defense was able to hold it down for us throughout the beginning of the season. And now, you know, our shots are starting to fall, so the game's becoming more easier for us. But, you know, you know, we also had to change a lot, you know, we've been playing faster. The, state, the form of Space has been you know, much wider. And we're just, you know, confident in our shots. You know, we practice all those shots every day. And now they're just starting to fall for us.
1: Tijon Lucas is with us on BYU Sports Nation. I'm always interested to see how a team will perform following a tough loss. And when Mark Pope has been the head coach of BYU, the Cougars just don't lose back-to-back games in the regular season. It has never happened. And after two losses this season, you have rebounded and, as a team, bounced back nicely. What is it that allows you to not fall into a funk but to bounce back and play well after a tough loss?
3: I think it's just the leadership we have on this team, you know, starting with Coach Pope and you know, having guys like me, and, uh, Alex, and all the other guys and, you know, we just with experience. We just always say remember that moment, and you know, we have to learn from it. That moment wasn't fun, you know, losing against UVU and then losing again against Craven. Those, those are two feelings we don't like to have. And so we try to you know, embrace those moments, learn from it, and you know, use them as teaching moments so we don't have them you know, pretty often.
4: As one of the leaders on this team, despite this being a one-year-and-done-for-you, this group's 9-2. and two. You've gone through so much adversity, as Spencer mentioned. What's the conversation been like to ensure that the season doesn't get derailed in spite of losses that you didn't like and injuries uh, in off the field stuff?
3: Just controlling what we can control. You know, we can't control injuries, you know, we can't control guys getting sick or you know, being out a couple games, but you know, just focusing on the the most important thing and that's always the next game. So right now we're focused on South Florida. And after that, you know, we got to focus on whoever the next you know, team or opponent is. So just staying in the moment, you know, working hard, and just controlling what we can control.
1: It's always a challenge to not just recover after losing one primary center, Richard Harward, but now you've lost two with the loss of Gavin Baxter. So how has this team had to adjust the way it plays basketball to continue to win?
3: Yeah, you know, losing Richard yeah, was, you know, it's heartbreaking for us as a team. But you know, uh, we got a we got a lot of nice freshmen, fools, T. V. You know, young guys, Caleb. That's you know, stepping up, and we got to have their back. You know, they, those guys are great players, and you know, we got to come together more as a team and just fight even harder. You know, have we have something to fight for even more now. You know, have a dedicated season to reaching that. You know. Those guys put in a lot of work for BYU can't be with us, so we're going to fight as hard as we can, so we can with those guys
4: probably well, The next game, as you mentioned, is South Florida, uh, win the series today. Uh, and then we'll see who you play, right, Hawaii or Vanderbilt, and then hopefully w- match up with Wyoming. That would be a quad one. They're 19 in net, BYU in the mid-20s right now. So far, so good. So, um, what are you guys hoping to accomplish uh, uh, besides, of course, winning this tournament? Um,
3: Honestly, just winning and getting better every, every game and every day. Uh, we, we have practice out here. So we're going to try to get better today during our practice and then you know, learn from our wins, hopefully, you know just keep striving and taking steps forward.
1: T. John, before we go, uh, we need to wish you personally a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, and also extend that to your family that might be watching in a little bit colder of an environment uh, up in the Milwaukee area, Miss Marie and, and uh, all of her friends, but uh, enjoy. In, in fact, I should ask, is anybody with you? Did you bring any family with you?
3: Actually, my mom, my sister, and my grandmother is coming down. They're they coming get down! here. Nice.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: Grandma's birthday is um, Christmas Eve, so this is kind of her Christmas, you know, birthday present and then we uh, you know, enjoy it with some winds and you know, celebrate
4: a little bit and enjoy the weather out here. So, and Definitely we, happy holidays to you guys too as well. Thank you. And we can see that it is raining so you know what? I am sad. You know? <laughs> you know? And I did want to ask you, is I imagine that the best hang on a road trip, especially like this one, is Caleb Lohner. But tell me, is it Caleb Lohner or the field, meaning everybody else for the best hang?
3: I would say the field. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You got to throw yourself into that, right, T. John? You're you're the man with the style. You know where to shop, what who's, to get.
4: Who's the best hang besides you, then?
3: Uh, I'm gonna let those guys debate it out. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fair enough, T. John. Great to talk with you. Tell everybody we say hello. We'll give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the tournament. We'll talk to you again soon, man. Thanks.
3: You do. Thank you, guys. Have a good day.
1: T. John Lucas from the beach in Hawaii, enjoying his best life before the Cougars hit the hard court tonight against South Florida.
2: Such a tough life. (laughs) Such a tough life. Those guys.
1: Yeah. Well, our broadcast colleague Greg Rubel is also over there. Mark Durant, you know, David has those guys
2: need sunscreen. I don't care if it's I don't care if it's raining or not. Sunscreen for those two. (laughs) That has to happen, or, or they may not make it into the second half.
1: tonight. <laughs> That's okay. We'll get on a plane and fill in for them if yeah, they, uh, they get that sunburn going.
2: Coming up, does BYU need to make a Christmas statement over there in Hawaii?
1: And are you excited or intimidated by the future Big 12 Conference hoops gauntlet? And it is a gauntlet. Details next on BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk. Enabling global trade for a growing world. Listen to BYU Sports Nation On Demand by
2: downloading the podcast. Google BYU Sports Nation Podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the guys.
1: How do you feel about the swimming getup,
2: Dave? <laughs> think everything you guys do is next level.
1: It's <laughs> a very... Solid political way to answer that question. <laughs> it's you. okay. You can take me You can take me to task on that one. That was that was a special photo shoot.
2: Things
1: we do. <laughs> he is Dave McCann. I'm Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show at any point throughout the day, you can follow us on all of the five social media, major platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around is presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. Dave, start us off.
2: Alright, Malik Moore tweeted out re-up on his Twitter account. Mm-hmm. What does that mean, re-up?
1: Uh, so I saw the, the battery charging emoji and just thought, okay, he's getting reloaded for another season. Like It begins now. The offseason begins now and Malik's coming back stronger and better than ever. And I'm really excited for that matter about the BYU secondary next year, led by Malik Moore, Dave, because B Y is going to get Keenan Ellis back. They bring back D'Angelo Mandel. They've got Malik Morov, obviously Jacob Robinson. They're going to be loaded in the secondary.
2: Let's be honest. I I wish they had re up before that bowl game. <laughs> yeah, get those guys healthy. Most of them didn't play. I know. I know. South Florida opener is going to be awesome.
1: Now speaking of the bowl game, Dave, three point two million viewers. In some ways unfortunately watch BYU lose to UAB in the Independence Bowl does that say more about BYU or just the thirst of college football fans in December on ABC
2: network TV always trumps cable uh, unless it's the NFL ABC in the afternoon BYU's always done well on ABC in the afternoon most teams do that's a coveted slot 3:30 Eastern time not coveted is Shreveport rain third-place Conference USA team against your much maligned outfit. But Tyler Algier put on a national show, and 3.2 million people watched him.
1: Yeah, and uh, for the record, it beat Tiger Woods and his son Charlie playing golf, 2.3 million viewers, which was, was also in the same time. So that was great. That was uh, but, yeah, some, some nice uh, numbers for BYU. Stu Mandel said, hey, you want to know why there are so many bowls? Because of the TV ratings like that.
2: It destroyed the New Mexico ball, so we got that going for hey. us. Nice. nice job. All right, is anything less than a Diamond Head Classic Championship acceptable for BYU basketball?
1: Man, it's going to be tough to say that if the Cougars don't win it, it's okay. Um, they just got to get to the championship game. That that kind of feels like the minimum threshold for success, and hopefully in that championship game. They're playing Wyoming. We'll talk about what that means a little bit later and why that will resonate with the resume the most. But I don't know. I think that BYU should expect to win this thing. They're the best team there on paper. If they get to the championship game and lose, okay, may- maybe that's an okay consolation prize.
2: They're 2-1 in a couple of Maui invitationals. They've never won a Hawaii tournament over there. Let's get it done. But uh, back in 92, they beat ninth-ranked Oklahoma, lost to number one Duke in the final. And then 2019, they beat UCLA and then lost to number four Kansas. There's no Duke or Kansas in this field. No. This is a tournament to win.
1: Yeah, they should win it. They should. John Rothstein, college basketball analyst, reminded us of what the future Big 12 looks like with this tweet. We want to talk about big-time opponents. He said the Big 12 currently has a combined overall record of 89-16. and 16. The four teams who will eventually join the conference, Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, and BYU, are a combined 35-9. and nine. League is going nowhere. Dave, does that tweet make you more excited about BYU basketball in the Big 12 or borderline intimidated?
2: It's going to be awesome. You know what makes me feel good about it? Mark Pope and his staff. And they still have a little time to get their squad together, which they're building with Colin Chandler, who will be back from his mission for year two in the Big 12. It's going to be awesome. Battles every night. This is where BYU has dreamed to be. Yes. In a P5 league across the board in all sports, that dream is coming.
1: Is there another Matt Harms out there that can bolster BYU's size right now with the losses of Richard Harwood and Gavin Baxter?
2: If there is, Burgess and Robinson will find him. <laughs> Figure. those three guys, the three wise men, they will find him for Mark Pope.
1: <laughs> they are scouring the transfer portal. Yes, the three wise men are looking for the next star, if you will. Yeah.
2: Right now, I think they're roaming the beach, but we'll see them tonight on TV. Good stuff. All right, Dave, what's on the way? Is it more likely Spencer catches Jerem or I catch Spencer in the Double Down picks? Now, I I footnote that with I've participated in very few Double Down picks. It's closer than I got some good ones today, though.
1: Hey, what type of tournament resume statement can BYU make in Hawaii? Why Wyoming is factoring into this as BYU Sports Nation?
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the newest deep blue podcast, Jerem talks
2: with former Cougar, now Pastor Derwin Gray, Dewey Gray about his Cougar playing days, intercepting Steve Young, tackling Barry Sanders, how he came to know God. Listen on the BYU TV app and where podcasts are found. That's going to be a good listen. To Dewey Gray.
1: Oh, Dewey is fantastic, yeah. for sure. Yeah, if you don't have the BYU Radio app, download it. What are you doing? Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation Live from Studio B. It is December 22nd. Dave, we've got a few extra minutes, and uh, we've given you now an opportunity to share a story that because we're going to rewind to 2007, (laughs) BYU-UCLA in the Las Vegas Bowl, 14 years ago. Ethan Manu-Malayuna... In the words of the broadcaster, gets his big pop there, blocks the kick, BYU wins 17 You said you've got a side story there. You
2: know, every time I see the video, I say to myself, did that really happen? Because I was there in the stadium for all but that play that night. Uh, so we, we took the kids and, and Andrews 8, uh, maybe I shouldn't say his name, the, forget that you heard Andrew <laughs> on that. Uh, anyway, he's drinking hot chocolate the whole game. Uh-huh. All right. Well, now his his little body is full of hot chocolate, <laughs> and he's turning colors. He goes, Dad, I gotta, we gotta go, we gotta go to the restroom. And and I'm sitting there, and UCLA is marching down the field. Yeah. They got the best kicker in college football, Kai Forbath. Yeah. All they need to do is kick the field goal, and the and it's over. Anyway, I am watching him getting closer and closer down the field. I'm looking at him. And he's squirming and complaining, and I'm just like, for the love, this is the last (laughs) drive of the game. And then I see the fans sitting behind us looking at me like, what kind of father are you? (laughs) So I see that, and now I've caved to peer pressure. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's hurry. So we run up the portal. We're inside, and Sam Boyd Stadium uh, is a mess anyway with, with how they do the restrooms and all that stuff. Sam Boyd Stadium is no longer it's, for Which the is no longer, yeah. Thank goodness. So, uh, so he goes in there, and I stand outside, and I, all I can hear is the crowd. I can't see anything. They don't have any monitors. This is Sam Boyd Stadium. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear this thunderous roar. Now I don't know if it's UCLA or BYU, and then I have to just sit there, and I wait, and I wait, and I wait. Here comes this 8-year-old, comes out looking at me, going, what happened? <laughs> I go, let's go find out. We run out. Fans are leaving. They're leaving. We're entering back into the stadium. And we're like, what, what happened? And they said, they blocked the field goal. BYU blocked the field goal and beat UCLA. Unbelievable. And I, and I looked at my son, who I love. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just gave him the look. And so now every year I'll text him, usually on this day, and say, hey, do you remember how that UCLA game finished? I can't remember. <laughs> I didn't see it. And then I get text back because he was, he was that. But 14 years, years to the years old, day. Lots of hot chocolate. <laughs> and we are out for the blocked field goal from Ethan manu Manu, manu what? manu
1: Manu-Maluna. Yeah. Money, Anyway, that that was awesome. That is fantastic. That's my
2: holiday story. Merry Christmas.
1: I'm sorry that happened to you. 14 years to the day, (laughs) Dave McCann in Sam Boyd Stadium, not able to see the blocked kick. Right. For what it's worth. Like 10 to 9. I was working in Grand Junction, Colorado, (laughs) on my first commercial television job. And I, because I had to do my local sportscast and a bunch of stuff, I had DVR'd the game and I was avoiding it. I'm like, "I'm I'm avoiding it, I'm avoiding, I'm avoiding. And... I did so successfully, amazingly, but the game was—it ran long, yeah. and my DVR recording Stop. stopped <laughs> right before the blocked field goal. So I, too, watched the whole game and then had to wait to see highlights later to figure you know out what, what happened. I'll, I'll
2: give you Andrew's cell phone number after the show you can call me. Hey, Andrew. <laughs>
1: what happened at the DVR end of
2: that what game? What happened to that game? Did you see that and see what he says? Holy cow. Oh, the holidays. Lots of memories. Great. The holiday bowl used to be – Part of our vacation plan that we can't. My dad worked at BYU, so we'd drive in the university van and we'd eat at McDonald's and do all those things that, to save money so we could go. And it was only two years later, we were sitting around going, have you guys noticed that all our Christmas vacations just happen to have a bowl game? How about that? I get down there and go, what a surprise, BYU's <laughs> playing here. This is awesome. <laughs>
1: That's what it's about, Great family memories. BYU football. Yeah. Okay, now over the holidays this time, because BYU football is already done with their bowl scenario, it's about BYU basketball in Hawaii, Dave. And the Cougars are trying to make a statement to close up non-conference play. But you look at the teams down there and you're like, oh, can BYU basketball make a statement? Maybe it's just a little better than we initially thought. Of course, the Cougars are the highest team in the Ken Palm rankings. They're 24 net. But BYU is not the highest rated team in net. It is Wyoming. That surprises of me. all teams, and BYU has a shot to face the Cowboys, WYO, in the championship game. That would be a top 25 net matchup. And a quad one opportunity for BYU if it comes to that. Of course, the Cougars got to take care of business against USF. They should. USF's net is 264. Mm. Ken Palm of 233. Not good, Bob. And then BYU would face the winner of Vanderbilt and Hawaii. Hawaii's not great. Vandy's okay. They're a top 100 net team. That would be a quad two. So, Dave, given those metrics... Maybe there is something for BYU to prove out there and bolster the resume.
2: Yeah, I would have thought Liberty would be a little bit better. They were in the tournament last year. That would give the Cougars another tournament team, and they've played a whole bunch already uh, if they see uh, Liberty. But Stanford is terrible. Uh, you know, the, the 125 net, I thought going in, oh, hey, chance to play Stanford, I uh, know the P5 school, that's not going to help them. Vanderbilt's right there. But look at Wyoming, a 19 yeah. in the net. and uh, But Ken Palm's got him 106. So
1: They're just not very efficient. Yeah. Ken Palm's an efficiency metric.
2: Yeah. And it's always great to beat Wyoming in anything. Sure. As long as we don't have to go to Laramie to do it, uh, <laughs> you're in Hawaii. To quote the great Lavelle Best Edwards. Best case that's scenario. You got to deal with Wyoming. Deal with them in Paradise. Yes. And uh, well, let's hope that's the case. But uh, then they got Westminster, and then and then league play starts. And league play, I think, is going to make up for um, some of these games because in the past the league hasn't been as good as it is this year, and and BYU is going to lose some games in league play. But this non-conference slate is going to help them get through it, and there'll be a tournament team throughout. They would have projected a six, seven seed depending on the day.
1: Yeah, currently a seven seed in the ESPN's bracketology. Creighton's
2: really good. They just beat Villanova by 20, losing to Creighton. There's no sin there. Utah Valley won at Washington last night. Utah Valley's got a chance to win the WAC. Uh, they they won at home in overtime. BYU's team had the flu, they didn't have their big man, they lost Gavin Baxter. There's a whole lot of reasons why BYU lost to Utah Valley. That's not a bad loss. Utah Valley's a good team.
1: How about that? How about that? That's a quad two loss right now on the road. Utah Valley's flirting with that top 75 number. That depending on what they do, you know, at worst that's going to be a quad two loss, which on the resume doesn't look all that bad. Again, so to recap for BYU, If you want to bolster the resume, of course, take care of business against USF. Control the controllables there. And then root for Vanderbilt to beat Hawaii. BYU wants to play Vanderbilt. That would be a quad two win. And then root for Wyoming to win their two games and get to the championship so that BYU and Wyoming are playing in Hawaii for the Diamond Head Classic Championship.
2: And avoid a major sunburn over there because, you know, (laughs) you bring those home. Those come home with you. Hawaii
1: is obviously the home team of sorts when they take on Vanderbilt tonight, but I don't, I don't know if they have the horses to hang with uh, a decent Vandy team. So. They used to
2: be good. Hawaii used to be good over there and, and not so much. Uh, this is a good tournament for BYU to go be the best team at, look good, go win, win three it. nights on ESPN. You yeah. come home, play Westminster, and then get into the WCC. It has been a fantastic tournament non-conference slate so far for Mark Pope and his guys. And they're doing it undersized. They're fighters, which makes them fun to watch. Uh, Atiki started the other day. You know, I'm sure a total shock to him. But you know what? His time's here now because there aren't any more centers on the bench. Yeah. So it's like, you know what? You were going to be really good in two or three years. We need you to be really good next year. You've got to play this year. And now he's in. And he's got some great opportunities to get three more games in. Four more games in before league play, um, and, and then it's going to go up. You can't go anywhere but up uh, with a guy who has so uh, much uh, inexperience but such a great upside.
1: BYU has a chance to finish non-conference at 13-2. You win three games in Hawaii, take care of business against Westminster, 13-2. I thought 13-2 with a full slate on the roster, including Richard Howard and Gavin Baxter would be good. That's a credit to the BYU coaching staff and yep. the players for stepping up. They still have a chance to hit that. With the adversity and the injuries. So, I mean, wins against Utah, Oregon, Utah State, San Diego State. They've got a solid resume, and as was pointed out yesterday on the show, uh, BYU has the most quad one, quad two games played of any team in the country right now. Eight, and they've won six of those. All six are quad twos, but... Hey, resume is a resume. It's really good.
2: Yeah, and after the bowl game, we need to pick me up. The 20th ranked or 19th ranked women did that last night, and BYU a chance tonight on ESPNU with everyone home eating the snacks your neighbors brought over. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gonna be a good evening. Watch the Cougars over in Paradise, and and we shift. Deep into basketball mode.
1: I saw a sign yesterday that said holiday calories don't count. I'm on board with that.
2: <laughs> I don't think they do
1: count. <laughs> All right, BYU men's basketball at the Diamond Head Classic tonight against USF. The Cougars are a 14 and a half point favorite. Let's take a break. Come back with our double-down picks.
2: Volleyball also making a case for BYU as a volleyball school. I think we've talked about that many times. Yeah.
1: And are you gonna catch me? Are you really gonna catch me in double downs? That might happen,
2: Dave. If I get triple points tonight. <sighs> It's the holidays. It seems like I should get tripled.
1: I can't believe it's even a conversation, given how few picks you've actually made.
2: Well, after I dominated uh, Y-Factor all season, (laughs) I would concede the
0: double down.
4: This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America. The official credit union of BYU Athletics.
1: BYU Sports Nation, always available
2: on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Especially today's show. Yes. We had a lot of stories. A lot of personal (laughs) information's been shared today.
1: Dave tried to double down on his son's ability to uh, stay away from the bathroom late in that 2007 Vegas bowl, and it didn't work out.
2: It's pathetic. <laughs> 14 years ago tonight.
1: Oh, happy December 22nd! <laughs> it is time for our double down picks. It is a ball night, as Jerem Jordan would say. Here's how it works: We give two predictions for each one. You get right, you get one point. If you go two for two, there's a bonus point, so you get three points.
2: All I can get is three points tonight
1: max. That's it? I know. But you're combining with Jason Shepard as well. How does Jerem have 22 points? Because he makes easy picks, Dave.
2: He's beat the system.
1: (laughs) What are his picks now? Uh, We're going to find out. Jerem's number one pick. BYU will shoot 42% or better. Is that aggressive against South Florida? Probably not, which means he's going to get points. Yeah. Okay. But he did say USF allows 37% to the top, which is top 15 in the NCAA, but who yeah, who they played? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Number two for Jerem. Seneca Knight scores 10-plus for the third straight game. Double figures for Seneca Knight.
2: That's probably safe. Yep. I'm going to go with uh, BYU, although they're going to be shorter than this team again. they got a 7-footer out there. Uh, BYU's aggressive nature is going to get 10 more rebounds Ooh. than South Florida. I like that. And Lucas, since he was on the show, um from the beach. I'm gonna go with him with 20 points or more.
1: he's got the karma and he was on the beach.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah, Anyone in that hat's gotta, gotta come big <laughs> after after wearing it. So 20 points tonight for Lucas. Okay. A lot of attention on Barcelo. I think I think Lucas is gonna have a big night.
1: Okay, number one for me, I think BYU is gonna score a lot. I know USF has some size and they play good defense. BYU will have four players in double figures. Only no. two average double figures, it's Barcelo and Lucas but I think four players are going to score in double figures. And number two, BYU will have a double-digit lead by halftime. BYU has typically played better in the second half, Dave. They're a half point favorite in the game overall. I think for once they're going to start quick. It's going to be nice. going to happen.
2: Yeah. Then afterwards they can all go out for virgin lava flows, which is like <laughs> the greatest beverage known to man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so those are the double downs. So tomorrow we'll be back here on this show. We'll kind of see how. How it all go. Yeah,
1: say we'll give the results tomorrow night and hopefully BYU – or sorry, tomorrow morning, tomorrow night, hopefully BYU's playing Vanderbilt yeah. to help that resume a little bit. Our question of the day, Dave, all about football as we move back uh, into the gridiron conversation. If you were Tyler Algier, why would you choose to stay at BYU? I know a lot of you are thinking, go, take the money, take the NFL guarantee. And his pro day numbers, I'm sure, will excite and be really good because that's what Tyler does – but if you were him, why would you stay at? D Black 64 says, I'd go to the NFL if I got a third or a fourth-round grade. The guaranteed money far outweighs one-time name-image likeness money. The risk of injury is too great. And if he played out his rookie contract, he would be eligible for the NFL pension. He can always finish his degree in the offseason. So there's a case for Algier not to stay at BYU if he has a third- or fourth-round grade. If
2: you watch that pension closely, you'll be amazed at how many people are cut just before their pension would kick in. Well,
1: and ask David Nixon about it because David Nixon qualified for the pension, and he says, in his words, it's not nearly as much as you think it is. Yeah,
2: yeah, all right. Here's another one. This is from Matt Anderson, 6007 on Instagram. This is the year of the running backs, much like last year was the year of the quarterbacks, which made him – underappreciated. Staying at BYU will put Tyler on everybody's radar next year, substantially raise his stock for the 2023 draft. I
1: tend to agree with that a little bit because of Kenneth Walker III, B. John Robinson, Brees Hall. Big-time running backs are going to headline this draft. Tyler is kind of lost in the fray. He shouldn't be. He deserves better day, but it
2: it is what it is. Getting snubbed by the Doak Walker as a a non-finalist there. That says a lot. That goes to the nation's best running back from people who think they know who the nation's best running backs are. You've got to be up on that board yeah. to go out of school early, I think.
1: Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Matt Bay Oeste, whose tweets in, If I were Tyler Algier, I would restart the Tiesman campaign at BYU and give the school two Heisman trophies, both to a guy named Ty. <laughs>
2: That's a good idea. I hadn't thought of that.
1: I don't know that Tyler – I mean, Tyler would have to do something ridiculous to be a legitimate Heisman trophy candidate. They'd have to go undefeated, number one. Probably. One loss or undefeated, and And you'd probably got to push 2,000 yards. And you
2: got to run for 200 yards against Notre Dame on NBC. I mean, that's crazy. you got to have some of those moments.
1: He could be a Doak Walker finalist. He could be a Heisman – like a top-10 Heisman guy for sure if he came back. Ty
2: never wins that Heisman without knocking down number one Miami on national TV. A lot of people think that clinched it. Yeah, and that was the second game of the season.
1: Wild. Today's rise and shout outs presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. How about we uh, give a rise and shout-out to BYU women's basketball, specifically Lauren Gustin, who just does her thing, Dave. there's so many stars on that team. Shaley
2: Gonzalez, Lauren Gustin, Teagan Graham, Paisley Harding. This is the best team in years, maybe in school history. We'll see where they go.
1: Well, they have already climbed higher in the rankings yep. than any other team previously.
2: Now they just got to finish, get in the tournament, advance, and advance with some attitude. Uh, yeah. This is a team that you want to get to the Marriott Center, and watch them play, watch them on BYU TV. They're on all the time. They are really, really good.
1: Yes, and they've got a six-seven center. Yeah they got size two.
2: Do we have a 6'7 center? we got a tiki on the men's side. (laughs) That's it, though. (laughs) Calling Colby Lee. Are you still (laughs) out there? James Empey, one of six finalists for the Pop Warner Award, recognizing a senior who made a difference on the field, in the classroom, and in the community while serving as a role model to young athletes. James Empey is an outstanding young man. We wish him the best going into the draft.
1: It was fun to watch his coaches, uh, former and current Aaron Roderick, Ryan Pugh, talk about what he meant to the team and just what an outstanding human being he is. Our thanks to today's guest, T. John Lucas, who joined us from the beach in Hawaii.
2: Dennis Pitta, Merry Christmas. Yeah, I can our, get on board Our for that. conversation continues 24 7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN.
1: For Dave, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Nick Sanderson. We'll see you tomorrow on BYUSN. Go, Cougs.